Hi, welcome everybody. 12 o'clock on the dot. Thought this music was very topical. No money left. Working hard for who? Welcome to Let the Numbers Decide. Uh, my name is Colin Miles, aka The Numbers Guy, and today it's week or month two, training two of the second secret document that all entrepreneurs need to know to grow, scale, and profit faster. In the last training, which is available in the club, uh, if you haven't had a chance to look at it, I revealed the profit and loss uh, report which in essence tells you where your money is coming from, where it's being, where you're generating sales, where you're spending on expenses. But this week, we're gonna be looking at what is uh, officially known as the balance sheet. That's the second secret document, uh, but I like to call it something else, which I think is a lot more um, enjoyable. Training's gonna last about 30 minutes in total. And at the end, I'm gonna uh, offer you um, a bonus we're going to reveal uh, the accounting, the language of business, my translator guide, which you can claim by simply dropping your email in the chat or the comments uh, afterwards. Uh, and also, I'm going to uh, just tell you a little bit about uh, Let the Numbers Decide, uh, which is my brand new six-week online mastermind course, uh, and I'd love to just explore a little bit around um, Earth. So, um, I've always found that uh, learning something new is helped if there's a guide. Uh, which is what I'm all about. And I also like to have some fun when I'm doing the training uh, because sometimes people think that numbers are a little boring. And I hope you can see by my snazzy shirt and my enthusiastic uh, outlook that that's not the case. But hopefully you can see. If not, then do just give us a, give us a yell out in the chat. Um, I'm just going to check to see if we have any. Uh, I don't think there is. Maybe Chris or Kathy's open, but uh, it's still all new to this. Uh, let's, let's just see. Uh, I'm going to say hello. See, everybody, you can probably see the chat. Not sure whether you see that on my screen, but if not, say hello to everybody. Right, so let's leap on in. Uh, and let me introduce you to what is known as the balance sheet. But in my opinion, it's what I call the wealth statement. It's what you own in your business, less what you owe. And here comes the kicker. It's therefore then tells you what the wealth is that is left. Now, I like to have a shake things up a little bit in my training and have a little bit of fun. Uh, so actually, I'm going to invite my twin brother, my co-host from the office in a little bit more formal setting to just give you a little bit of an overview. Today, we're looking at the term balance sheet. Uh, one of the three key documents that we need to understand in business. Some people think it's called a balance sheet because, as in many cases in accounting, there are two sides and they have to balance. Well, in this case, that's not actually the case. It is literally a list of balances of the wealth statement of your company. 
What do I mean by that? Well, as I say, it lists everything that you own. So included in that would be fixed assets and current assets. Two more terms that we'll explore in other videos. But for today, a fixed asset is a building and a current asset is something that you can sell or you can liquidate. So cash or perhaps an IOU where you've sold something. So we list everything down that you own. That's your positive side of the equation. Then, unfortunately, we have to list everything that you owe. And that also has a funky name called liabilities. So we'll have long-term liabilities and short-term liabilities. Long-term usually are debt. If you've gone and borrowed money from a bank or you've got an investor who doesn't want his money back today, but is still somebody who that you owe. The more current liabilities will be think. Well, that wasn't... Uh... We weren't really getting a good feel for that. That was something I was trying. Um, so sorry about that. A little disjointed, I think, on the uh, um, connection. Um, but in essence, what we were starting to look at was, as I said, a balance sheet is a list of balances, things that we own, um, assets in your business. It might be uh, fixed assets. It might be uh, stock, etc. cetera. Uh, and then we list everything that we Oh, so I'm actually going to move on a little bit because it's somewhat a bit disjointed now. Um, and I'm actually going to reveal a balance sheet on what it looks like. And then we can talk it through. And I think that will make some sense. Um, Apologise about the disjointed technology there. Uh, but hey, it's all about fun. We are live and we are real uh, from that point of view. And we can adapt because that's what we do. All right. Now, hopefully you can see this. Um, if you can't, then again, I can think I can make it a little bigger. Um, but again, as we share technology, it's fun. That seems to be helping a little bit. Uh, and again, if not, then uh, what we can do afterwards. Right. So here we go. The balance sheet is the wealth statement of your business at a particular point in time. The balance sheet will change from one day to the other. And that's why it's a secret document that many entrepreneurs overlook because they get so focused on their profit and loss, which tells you what you've sold um, minus the cost. But if you remember from last train time training, it's sales in a period, less costs in that period to produce those sales. And that's where this second secret document comes into play, because it takes the things that perhaps you bought, but that you didn't sell and records them as part of your wealth. And we can see that if we look at line three, which is called inventory or stock, or as I like to refer to it as piles of cash. In other words, when you buy stock, uh, and as we talked uh, in the training last month, when you buy, say, 20 items of products, but you only sell five items of those 20 items in a month, i.e. a period, we will only record the five that you sold against the profit and loss. So you'd say, but Colin, where is the other 15 units that we had? Well, guess what? They are an asset. They're something that you own. And as a result, they would appear on your wealth statement on the positive side. So the left side in this case, um, as we look at this screen. Um, so other things that we might look at, cash, money, 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 real money. Well, that's usually sitting in your bank and it's very liquid. It's very liquid because you can spend it and use it. But it's an asset. Uh, sometimes it's not very much of an asset, uh, but it is an asset. Uh, and as depreciation, uh, sorry, as inflation kicks in, sometimes it reduces. But for today, it's cash. So it is an asset. 
And if you were to do this in your own personal wealth, which is what I often use as an example, that would be money that's in your bank account after you've been paid, um, etc. So you can go and look at your bank account as of right now. Uh, be careful if you're in what we would call an overdraft situation where you owe the money to the bank. It could be risk slitting time. But if not, in this case, it's cash. So in this case, our awesome company has $12,000 pounds of money sitting in its bank Next line on the wealth statement as we list things out are the accounts payable or sales invoices that you have issued that have not yet been paid by your clients. In other words, an IOU. They are an asset. They may have a timeline on them. We would hope that they are current assets. In other words, that they are really only in the last 30 to 60 days that you've issued them. But you did the work and you expect to get paid. So they are like IOUs. And so they are an asset that you can have. If, however, they've gone into what we would call bad debt situation, well, then we would need to take them off the balance sheet, the wealth statement, because you're going to have to write those off. But you would write those off by removing them from the balance sheet and bringing them across into your profit and loss, because it will be an expense that you are right or reducing your sales um, and writing off the expense. So there's the link, the profit and loss and the balance sheet work hand in hand. So it's important that you understand the relationship. But in this case, it is an asset, something that is owed to us. Then we've talked about inventory and stock. And in essence, when you go buy something, the profit and loss doesn't care when you buy it. The cost and the profit and loss doesn't care when you um, or when you pay for it. It only cares about the cost to produce those sales. So here is the other side. So that we, in this case, in our awesome company, have a lot of stock in our business. We've got one hundred and twenty thousand dollars pounds of stock and it's worth something. So we can list it as an asset. It's listed at the price that we paid for it. And we at this point assume that we are going to be able to sell it at a normal trading result. Now, this is where some companies get in trouble, because if, for example, you are a fashion house or a fashion retailer and you are still holding on your wealth statement, stock that you purchased two or three years ago that you have no hope in hell of selling, well, then actually, that's not really an asset. You should be liquidating it. You should be turning it back into cash. And that's why uh, fashion retailers will have heavily discounted sales at the end of a season, because for them, they want the cash rather than the stock. Um, people like uh, JCPenney, people like uh, Debenhams in the UK have got in trouble financially because they've held on their ass on their balance sheets, wealth statement, the fact that they have stock that's got value and it inflates their worth when in fact they haven't because it's old stock and you can't sell it. So it's better to turn it, as I say, back into cash and use that even if you sell it at a loss. At this point, for example, if you bought it for 10 and you sell it for five, well, unfortunately, we're going to see a heavy loss on the, on the profit and loss because there will be five on the sales line. They'll have 10 of the cost of the stock. And so we would have lost five, five units, but we generated five units of cash because this is what the wealth statement tells you. It's where is all my money tied up? In this particular case, we've got £120,000 or dollars tied up in stock. That's not good unless we're turning a huge amount of revenue. 
Then we have some prepaid items. And remember, guys, remember we talked about before that the profit and loss is sales in a period, less costs in those same period to produce those sales. But rent is often paid quarterly in advance. The landlord wants their money in advance. When you, If you rent a house at home um, as your own private home, you're paying your rent in advance. Well, at this particular point, we have uh, paid out $8,000 pounds, dollars. I'm going to use dollars for the moment moving forward because I'm in the US at the moment. So it makes it easier. But $8,000 of rent that we have already prepaid. In other words, we've given the landlord, but we haven't yet released it off of our balance sheet because it's an asset. And what I mean by that is that if I was to close our business down on the 31st of December 2018, it's a little out of date now, but the line is the point, and I closed my business then and I stopped renting, I would be able to get back Assuming everything was in order with the uh, landlord, I would really get back £8,000 worth of rent. So we add up all those current assets. And in the little video that I didn't work, I talked a little bit more about a current asset and a current liability. Uh, Long-term assets and long-term liabilities. They are in essence the same. An asset is something that we own. A liability is something that we owe. But in accounting world, the language of business, according to Mr. Warren Buffett, we love to actually segregate those into a little bit more detail. Current assets are things that we would expect to happen or to be able to use or convert or pay or buy in one year. Anything over one year would be viewed as a long term asset. And, and as we're looking, as we move into those, you'll see that that's things that we don't necessarily expect to sell. That's another definition. A current asset is something that we would look to convert into cash, maybe into stock, to use money to pay bills, etc. So that's a current asset. When we add up all our current assets, the things that we can convert into cash fairly quickly, we're looking that we've got about $175,000. Then we carry on listing everything that we owe. We've got the long term assets. Well, in this case, we've got land. We bought some land for our business over the last few years and uh, we've got one hundred and twenty six thousand dollars worth of land. We've also got buildings on that. And these are all worth money, uh, fixtures in our buildings. Uh, and we've got some general assets as well, which um, come to a, um, come to a total of six hundred and one thousand dollars of long term assets. Now, we have to remember that this business is trading. And so these are values that we believe things are worth, either when we acquired them, if we bought land, that would be the land that we paid for it, the price of the building. And it's what we expect to remain within our business as we continue to trade. If, however, we were on a fire sale situation, well, then the balance sheet would have to be revalued because we probably wouldn't get £50,000 $50,000 for the fixtures if we had to sell them very quickly. We probably would still get our building and land, but the fixtures in general um, is something we would have to look at. And then that would take some of those costs would move to the profit and loss. But in this case, because it's a trading business and we're on a line in the sand, we believe that they have value. So great. We've added everything up that we own. We owe seven. We own seven hundred and seventy six thousand. It would be fantastic if we could stop there. I hear you saying, yes, let's walk away. We only own things. Brilliant. 
Well, in some cases that's true, but in this particular case, as in most in life, if you think about your home, you've probably got a mortgage on it, you owe the, you owe the electricity people at some time, etc. And as a business, it's no different. We need to look at what liabilities, how much, who do we owe? What is going to leave our business if we were to wrap up our business? Well, in this case, it's current liabilities is the first thing to look at. So we've got accounts pay payable, bills you have yet to pay. So in other words, if we've been able to get some credit from our suppliers, well, we still owe £60,000 of suppliers. And that might be simply why we've got so much stock, because we've just bought a load of stock. We may have bought £60,000 worth of stock in at the very last minute of the year. So it's an asset because we now own it but we have the matching liability because we haven't yet paid for it. It may be other things, but in essence, they are the balancing side, the left and the right. Imagine almost a set of scales. We bought in £60,000 worth of stock, so the stock asset went up. But unfortunately, we also at the same time, our liabilities went up, so they're almost going to net off but in the moving world of accounting, we don't know what's inside that accounting. We would want to, if we were investigating this, I'd want to be drilling in, as I've said, to truly understand what's happening. I want to know how good that $120,000 worth of stock is. I want to know how old the accounts payable are. Why are we owed £35,000? Because we could have more cash. And on the flip side, the same thing. What do we owe for the £60,000? Was that, are they genuine expenses that we still owe? Taxes, we always, will always, and there are only two certainties in life, as you will have heard me say on many times, there is death and there is taxes. Uh, and in fact, most entrepreneurs would rather die than pay their taxes, which is a little extreme, I think. But hey, um, I like to think of taxes, we're going to digress very slightly, as a badge of honour. Don't think of it as a negative Think that you owe. It means you've made money because the tax man in any country does not tax you if you make a loss. Losses are not good if you are trying to run a business, a successful business, because guess what? You're spending more than you're making. Your money is hemorrhaging and you're going to go out of business. So taxes are good. Yes, I'll say that again. Taxes are good because it means we're being successful. You're always going to owe salaries. In this case, it was possibly that you don't you haven't yet paid out the salaries. You may have run the salary account. Uh, you may pay in the middle of the month, uh, as happens in some countries. You may pay every two weeks, as happens here in the US. Um, and at this line on the sand on the 31st of December, you still owed £30,000 of salaries. Uh, they will have been recorded in the profit and loss. This is just the fact that there is a bill that you owe. And interest payable in this case, because when we look a little bit further down at our long term liabilities, we have a loan and their loan will charge us interest. Now, the interest charge will also appear in the profit and loss because it is an expense. But we at this particular point in time have taken the expense to the profit and loss for the period of December, but we may not have physically paid it yet. We might have not, we may not have to pay it until the first of, the, of each month for the preceding month. So there is a liability. We owe that 25,000. And as I've said, we run this profit, this balance sheet, this wealth statement, perhaps even on the 2nd of January 2019, it will look very different. Our cash may have gone down, because we've paid the £25,000 out, we would now be in overdraft situation. 
we may have received some of the accounts receivable may have come in. So we may not be in overdraft situation. We may have released some of the rent into our profit and loss. So every day, this is a moving target. So when I hear entrepreneurs say, oh, I don't need to look at my balance sheet until once a year. Guess what? That's not true because this wealth statement moves every day and tells you where your money is moving through your business. And that will lead me nicely on to next month, which is our third secret document that I will reveal, which makes up then the pyramid of wealth of any business. So we add up all what we owe in the current liabilities, things that we owe today, uh, and it comes to $140,000. Then we have to look at what we have if we have any long term liability. Do we have any long term investment? Do we have a loan to a business? Do we have a loan to the bank? And in this awesome business, it is using a loan. And actually having a loan in your business is not a bad thing because it means you're using somebody else's cash and not yours as your investor as your own entrepreneur. But we need to be careful as to how big that loan is, as to whether it's overloading the business. And when we look at the third secret document, we're going to look at some of the reasons that a loan can actually be the downfall of you. So we add up the current liabilities and we add up the long term liabilities. And as we can see here, we have a total liabilities for our business. If we were to close the business today of four hundred and sixty two thousand dollars. So first off, our wealth, our assets, things that we own is bigger. Good job, guys, than what we owe. And therefore, there is a balance. There's what's left is, in essence, the shareholder's wealth. And as the small entrepreneur, small business owner, large or large company, it's the gap, how big that gap is, that really determines how effective this business has been over the period of time. And remember, the balance sheet is a snapshot in time as of today, but it is actually a cumulative number of since the business has been trading. And so the difference is $314,000. And what that means as of today would be that if uh, we were to liquidate the business and receive all of our items that we own, that we got our cash, our receipts, our, we sold all the inventory at what we paid for it. This is where we have to be careful because that's not likely to be the case. But for this scenario, it is we sell the land, the buildings, the fixed assets, the general for everything that we have valued it at. And we pay all the people that we owe, the tax man, the bank, all of the payments. We would be left with a pile of money, which is 314000 which is nice. But then as an entrepreneur, I'd want to know, where did that come from? How did that? Is that a good number? Is that a bad number? Because 314,000 sounds a good number. <clears throat> if this was only after one year, this would be quite a good number. But what is that? How did we end up with that number? And that's where the shareholders wealth um, statement kicks in. And in this case, what it is saying is that the initially we paid in to start this business $250,000. So from a shareholder's perspective, I'd like my capital back. That's what I put into the business to start it up. What I've got left then as my cream, my bonus, my investment return is $64,000. Now, I'm going to crunk me calculator because it's always good to have a calculator. And I have a nice big calculator 
on my desk all the time because you never know when you need a calculator. Phones aren't bad. They've got them as well now. But this is a much better option. And that tells me that actually there's a 25% return on my investment. I like that. If this was only one year of trading, well, you're not going to get 25% return on your money in a bank. If, however, this was after 50 years of trading, I've only got half a percent. Not so good. But remember, it's also you may have extracted some of those retained earnings through the year, through drawings, through dividends, through shareholder distribution. So it's only part of the story. And again, as a, so therefore, as a snapshot, we have to look at the bigger picture. We'd want to see some history to find out what this has occurred. But if, for example, this was year one of this trading result, then I'm liking what the owners of this company is doing. I've got some questions. I'd want to understand a little bit more. It could be some timings around the piles of cash. It could be some timings over why people haven't paid us yet. But overall, that's looking pretty good. So that's a balance sheet. In the last 20 or so minutes, we have explored what a balance sheet is. It's the second secret document of a business. It works hand in hand with the profit and loss. But the profit and loss reveals uh, your vanity and your sanity from sales to being sanity, profit being van the vanity. And this then tells you where is all of your money is tied up so that you at any time in your business can now find out how to unlock that by using this document. So in, my, in this case, as I say, we've got a lot of cash in the stock uh, and we've got quite a lot of asset cash tied up in buildings uh, and general. But it looks like if you think we had, we've got a $322,000 loan and we put in 250,000 of our own money and we've secured that on our pretty safe long term assets. So actually, that's pretty good. That would be, you know, not a bad, uh, not a bad situation. Now, uh, I haven't got the profit and loss up at the moment, uh, but if I did, it would be flagging some of the things that I would want to look at with regards to cash and where my cash is. Because when we go, I haven't got it on the screen rather than jumping around. When we looked at that last month, we actually needed around about £10,000 a year of stock to generate the £100,000 of, uh, um, uh, sorry, excuse me, I lost my train of thought there. I apologise. Here we go. Back on it. In the profit and loss in the last few months training, we said we needed about £10,000 of product to generate our business. Well, if that's the case, why? are we holding $120,000 of stock? That's 12 years worth of stock. Again, that's not, that was a simple number. Is it misleading? Are we about to explode? Are we scaling up? Have we moved into some other sort of business venture? Um, are we now selling products rather than just our services? 
And all of these questions allow me to start to understand, is it good management decisions? Are we pivoting our business or are we in fact not managing our cash? We've bought a load of stock because it was perceived to be cheap, but now I've got no cash. And at $12,000, I can't pay my salaries of $30,000 because I've put it all into stock. These are the things that would allow us to review your business, your wealth statement um, to understand. So that's a balance sheet, guys. I hope you understand that now a little bit better. And as I promised, uh, we... Um Oh, lost my train of thought. There we go. Um, so we'll make this a little smaller now because it's a little bit big. There we go. So as I promised at the beginning, guys, uh, well, I have produced an ebook that supports some of the training. It's called Accounting is the Language of Business. It's a 42 page uh, e-document that actually use, talks about all of the words that I have used over the uh, last two months of training uh, and more about how to read your, um, as to, to bring to life in plain speak, the words that you find on your profit and loss and your balance sheet. And if you'd like a copy, please just drop a drop your email or, or message me directly in the uh, club uh, and I will send it to your email address. Well, thank you very much for listening to me for the last 29 minutes on some training, and I hope you found that useful. Um, and in the next sort of five or six minutes, I'd just like to uh, take the time to introduce you to my latest uh, six-week online training program called Let the Numbers Decide. It's a five-pillar mastermind on launching or growing your successful business. So what can you expect uh, within the program from me, Colin Miles, a.k.a. the numbers guy? Um, well, you get the ultimate solution to your fear of failure as you work with the numbers guy to launch and grow your business with the support of the Miles Better Five Pillars of Success. You're not put off till Sunday the wealth and freedom to spend more time with your business. The course supports you at every uh, step and being available 24 hours for you to visit, as well as numerous bonuses, which I'll cover a little bit later. So decision time, really, guys. And do you want to know why you've been doing or what worse, do nothing and miss out on so many opportunities? Well, you know where that will lead. That will lead to doing imposter syndrome and the fear of doing nothing. Is that really what you want from your business, etc.? So take action uh, and uh, let's see what you're going to get. So what will you get within the structure of the course? Well, there are five pillars, as I mentioned, and the first pillar is called drafting the blueprint. And here we'll explore step by step the processes needed to understand the foundations of your business and how to ensure success from the start. Their second module is called cutting the ribbon. And once you have a once you've been given a roadmap, then we can start to travel that path to success and understand how to read the road signs uh, as we move forward. Then we move into the powerful decision machine. Come to understand in more detail the three secret documents to make decisions that are from the head and the heart with conviction. And we'll go through the training again, as I've been taking elements from it for this particular training, to, and, but explore it in more detail. We'll also we'll include um, accounting software training. Uh, we include our own Miles Better accounting software for you to really launch your business that will allow you to make real-time business decisions because it will create your tax, help you with your taxes, um, etc. 
Then we move into oiling the machine to truly grow your business into a powerful um, powerhouse business. This module covers the finer details of payroll elements, uh, bringing on staff, etc. And of course, we're always thinking about the future and what is next for you uh, and answering the ultimate desire. What is next? Building your empire. And finally, of course, we have the graduation. Uh, there's graduations from every modules. Uh, and of course, what's next within your world uh, of the course? Like all good online courses, there are lots and lots of bonuses uh, uh, in our world. Bonuses are important. Uh, things from a Facebook group to one-on-one -on -one sessions with me um, directly. Um, we have also have some fun in the course uh, where we introduce the Miles Better coins, uh, the clubs, etc. So how much is this going to cost you? Well, there's obviously internationally that you can pay in dollars or you can pay in pounds. I also want to be able to support you that you can pay it in a stage payments. So you could pay me over three months. If you pay obviously in full in one go, you get access to the whole course completely. Uh, and of course, if however you decide that then letting the numbers, in this case, the cash, determine that you need to spread those payments, well, then we'll release a couple of modules per payment so that you can move through comfortably um, and enjoy. And as I know that every penny counts, I've priced the course both competitively, but also fairly that you can benefit from the lifetime option of getting the discount, etc. Um, but I also wanted to know that you get 100% commitment from me. This isn't a standalone program. Uh, I will know when you've started, when the courses open up and the modules, and I want to be an active part of your training. Uh, and so therefore, there will be constant reminders from me, uh, constant interaction, so that you know that you're, you're almost you're buying the numbers guy as your accountability buddy. Of course, if you're interested, uh, please visit uh, letthenumbersdecide.com. A lot more sales page there, a lot more details. You can see the different programs. You can see the different options. There's also the ability to book a discovery call with me uh, to explore a little bit in a little bit more detail and understand how perhaps we can tailor the course to become a more personable course to suit your goal. Um, there, I've mentioned the fun element of what we call the miles better coin. As you work through the program, uh, you can collect these coins. And the great thing about them is that as you collect them from doing some tasks, completing the program, you can then actually buy additional time with me uh, so that we can actually work together on your business plan, your customer plan, your marketing plan to turn the course from being just an, a theoretical course into one that will really mean that you can launch a successful business, grow your existing business over the coming months and years. Thank you so much for all of your time, guys. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this training. Uh, it will appear in the club as a recording. Uh, and of course, do join us in next month for the third secret document as I look to reveal and help uh, all. Um, so as I look to help as many small business owners and entrepreneurs grow scale and profit faster through working with me, Colin Miles, aka The Numbers Guy. Okay, guys, thanks very much. Thanks for your time. Uh, and uh, yeah, any comments, please feel free to comment below. Have a great afternoon.